Today's show is brought to you by Ericsson. Have you ever wished that you could download an entire HD movie in seconds? Or maybe you wish your battery could last for days or even years. Well, Ericsson is about to change the game and cellular networking, which is going to make that stuff possible. They're going to bring 5G to you. To find out what the future looks like, go to ericsson.com slash 5G. That's ericsson with two S's dot com slash 5G. This is Recode Media with Peter Kafka. That's me. I'm speaking to you right now from Vox Media headquarters. But this is a special episode which we recorded somewhere else in New York City at Joe's Pub. It's a live show we did with Sam B. And Kevin Riley from Turner Networks. It's awesome. You'll enjoy it. Um, thanks to Ericsson, which sponsored this whole thing. And thanks to you guys for showing up. We will send you there right now. Hi, I'm Peter Kafka. I'm part of the Vox Media Podcast Network. And I'm talking to you today from Joe's Pub, which is super cool. Because when we talked about doing a live podcast, I was thinking we were going to do like a tiny little theater and maybe some beer in the back. We were talking about maybe going to a bar after the show. But here we are. I saw there was lobster stuff being passed around. <laughs> Very cool. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming to see our awesome interviewees. Normally, I don't really ramble on very long, because why would I want to do that when I have awesome guests like Sam B. and Kevin Raleigh from Turner? Let's bring them up and we'll talk to them. Hey. Hey. Hello. Oh, you're so nice. Oh. Clearly. Oh, wow. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thank you, sir. Have a seat. Love this. Hello. I had no idea they loved me so much. I know. I love your Beyonce oh, yeah. mics. I'm very <laughs> Kevin, comfortable like this. They are here to talk to you. Uh, so clearly. Yep. Let's, Let's clear go. I'm my Napple now. <laughs> Should we dispense with some stuff? Should we talk about Please. your birthday? Oh, it's <laughs> tomorrow. Happy almost birthday. Thank Sally. you so much. Thank you. Yay. I am 48. That was Hooray. the tough question. That was, yeah. Yeah, it gets easy yeah. from here. Um, you have a show tomorrow. It's your first show in a couple of weeks. Mm, yes. You yeah. We we well, stupid sport ball preempted us last week. So, um, <laughs> uh, Ooh, so sports. Um, sports keeps the TV alive and TV advertising pays some ever. of our salaries. Um, so we did not have a show last week, but we have one tomorrow. So your last show you did, mm -hmm. you talked about Harvey Weinstein. We sure did. <laughs> um, I took some notes. A continuing saga. Yeah, I want to ask you about that. Oh, you, you do? Great. You ended this, you ended that clip by saying, mm -hmm. women talk to each other. We talk to journalists. We talk to lawyers. Mm -hmm. It's 2017. Mm -hmm. We don't have to put up with this shit. We are coming for you. That well, was two weeks ago. Yeah. When you said that, uh -huh. did you imagine that two weeks later there would have been a steady parade of men being kicked out of various organizations, barred from... By the way, this happened at Fox Media on Friday, one of our executives uh, was fired uh, for sexual harassment. Oh. I, I do, you know, we were here, I mean, listen, we remember being here a year ago with Roger Ailes, but this one does feel, I mean, it feels... It feels very comprehensive to me. I've been enjoying watching. I've been enjoying watching the growth of like Me Too. I'm enjoying, not enjoying. Sorry, that, that's the wrong. That's the wrong word to use. But I'm, I'm appreciative that men are coming forward with, with their stories. It feels like the breadth of this story is has changed a little Did bit. Did you feel that something was different from the get-go, or is it as you've been watching it for the last I two weeks? I think you've just been watching it unfold. Un yeah. What's the energy behind it? Why do you think this is different than Roger Ailes or Bill O'Reilly or anyone else? Bill Cosby, you called uh, Weinstein white Bill Cosby. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know ultimately what's responsible for it. I think people are, I think women are fed up. I think people are fed up. I think that there have been so many emerging stories from the tech industry and we just keep hearing it and keep hearing it and keep hearing it. And it's so pervasive and people are so, it's so 
tiresome, and it's very helpful to hear other people's stories, actually. So I, I, I think it's, 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 only, uh, it's only a good thing. Have you gone back and said, oh, that, that syncs up with an experience I've had? Is it, how of much course. of this is resonant? Yeah. Of course. I mean, I don't know that. I mean, I did a cash survey of the people in my office, and there is not a single woman in my office who hasn't had, you know, multiple people masturbate in front of them. I mean, I, yeah, oh, oh, yeah. I mean, I, that's I, the I part. I did not realize you know that what? was so commonplace. That is so commonplace. I'm trying to even reflect on, I can't even remember Kevin, we're going to get to you in a second. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Just keep me out of this you one. Get, yeah. I'm good. <laughs> um, I, I can't even remember how old I was when the first gentleman masturbated in front of me without my, without, you know, I was a kid. But you didn't I mean, ask for Frankly, yeah. that I didn't ask for. Oh, hey, can you? I need directions over here. Oh, okay. I'm, ugh, what's going on behind your newspaper? I mean, it's such a typical story. And actually, I do find it fascinating. There are so many great men in my life who really have no idea that just the pervasiveness of this or just how familiar this is to every woman or the shoulder massage that you didn't ask right. for that takes a turn or you just didn't want it and you said no but there it was anyway there the, were those the creepy hands shoulder just... massage i've heard of and the grope and the leer and something in the back sure. of the car i've heard of those mm -hmm. the sort of institutionalized thing that weinstein had Mm -hmm. took me aback and I do wonder if the fact that it's so extreme with him like decades of this of behavior course. sort of gives cover as much as like we're going through and sort of picking up people and saying oh you did this too that there's a lot of sort of like milder but still very bad harassment that will get a, almost a pass because it's not Weinstein level creepiness listen I don't really get I don't give a pass to any of it I also think like in addition to this horrible in, in the in, in the awful stories about his sexual assaults he was also like a really shit person who was a fucking yeah. bully who you know pushed people down the stairs 20 years ago you know he was a, a, a bully and a menace and a generally accepted awful human being who also made movies that people liked right. so you know a l much I mean all of his bad behavior was really excused for a really long time right, there so were profiles that said this guy's an awful guy but he's very powerful um, it didn't talk about the sex stuff. Those things go back to... It's also not okay to be a shit person. It's also not okay to be a, a workplace harasser on any level. You actually have to not do that anymore. We do not anymore. want that. Well, I guess it used to be, yeah. you know, it used to be of the mark of someone who, was, who, who had what it took to be the boss, but no longer. Is Kay. that the case? I mean, I'm a horrible bully at work, but that's different. We're talking about that backstage. Because that's like you a comedy a bully, and that's just fun. Kevin, you run a big media company. Mm. Um, have you had to go back and sort of do an audit personally, but also sort of through the company and saying, all right, who's done what? Who needs to step forward? Who's been a sexual harasser? Who's been just a plain, ordinary asshole? No, I, I, I can't say we're completely unassailable, but I think the culture's been screwed in the right place from, from the get-go. Um, to a certain extent, these things do start at the top. And um, this, I've, I won't mention any particulars, but I've been involved in other cultures where you feel like, you know, this is just not quite, doesn't smell quite right. You here. worked for Rupert Murdoch? I did for many years. Among other people? Yeah. Okay, we'll just nod your head. Yeah. Now, look, <laughs> I, I, I won't even comment on anything there than to say that that... You know, we're we're charging ahead. We're thriving. We're winning. We're we're taking the hill at all cost. Um, on some level, is enviable when you're in business. You say that's amazing. We're tucking in behind that. But then there's other expressions of it where you go, well, wait, we're uh, we're really gonna 
Doesn't that, does that sound right to everybody? Do we have any standards here? And sometimes in the cost of winning and making money and succeeding, everyone kind of tucks in and goes, all right, I guess that's uh, what we do. Do you think there's something about media, about entertainment that makes this stuff more pervasive or is it just as pervasive no. everywhere? Oh, no. There's a lot of chum in the water, so to speak, and, and you know. No, I've worked Don't in a restaurant. I've worked in, in a restaurant before. <laughs> right, so that's that's coming yeah. up now. We just had we just had a, a big chef who's been oh uh, yeah mm -hmm. who's in trouble. Mm -hmm. Is there something about particular kind of industries where women have particularly sort of vulnerable? It's like industries where women and men combine. Just those two. <laughs> you know. So, so if we t if we go through just sometimes industry like by men industry. and men yeah. or just women and women, you know, the, where where people are gathered in a group. Yeah. We were just talking back to backstage about this Silicon, this Silicon Valley thing. I'd never heard we're going to Mike Pence it, where we're going to have multiple men in the room yeah. to make sure that one of the men doesn't inappropriately do something that could, we could regret later. Sam, you, when, when, when this story broke, uh -huh. other late night comics didn't touch it for a while. Either, uh, Saturday Night Live didn't touch I it at all. I actually felt like they, they did. They I think, did. you know, the story, the story that they weren't making jokes about it was not really accurate to my viewing. It it's seemed like you were loudest and earliest. We were we were definitely were not earliest because we didn't have a show for many days, but we went in hard on it because that is our wheelhouse and we give <laughs> yeah. we yeah. care a lot. <laughs> um, so there was plenty of terrain for us to cover. It's not you know, you know, I don't think anyone did the job that we did, but I wouldn't really have actually expected them to. I, I wonder if there were conversations at other at other in other shows where they were like, Well, why don't we just see what for a while? Yeah. <laughs> why don't we leave Wait, so why, why, why is it your job as opposed hey, to someone else's job? Well, I mean, that's <laughs> Spell it out my for me, I'm slow. <laughs> <laughs> that's my show. That's that's our, you know, that it, it means a lot to us. That's the type of story that we just glom onto that we become possessed about for because sure. Because it's about gender. Yeah. Politics. Because power. it's affected all of our lives. It's gender, it's power, it's there's he masturbated into a potted plant, so even <laughs> though he did lots of you know, even though he committed crime, he also Did it jerked off into a plant, yeah. which is helpful when you're trying to frame a story about a rapist. If it has... I want to make a potted nice plant flourish. joke, but I know better than, first of all, you're professional comedians. So you do the potted plant jokes. You don't feel like it's a burden that it's so, oh, this is the Sam B thing. We're going to leave this for Sam B. Oh, my B. God. No, I mean, I don't know that any... I mean, I yeah, don't yeah. know that those conversations really took place. I really don't. No, we were... Listen, we don't wish for the world <laughs> to be this way. We don't, we, we're not excited in a way that's like, oh, yes, we're, we're just more, it's just, it's, it's a, an area that we can cover and we can cover it well, and so we do. You, do you think that the fact that you are a woman allows you, makes you better at sort of assessing this, figuring out what the problem is? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> in a nutshell. <laughs> I do, of course. I've been because felt up at the chowder station, man. I understand. <laughs> I talked to you a year ago. You are going to change. Spring of 2016. Yes. Your show was starting up. Yeah. Standard question whenever I talked to somebody in comedy then was, well, ah, Donald Trump, that's pretty crazy, huh? <laughs> right. Oh, my God. <laughs> and everyone sort of said, yeah, What's with yeah. this guy, huh? Exactly. That was my opener. Um, Remember when we had so much fun and Ben Carson couldn't find his way around backstage? <laughs> Remember those days? It feels like 100,000 years ago. <laughs> I'm turning 312 tomorrow <laughs> on my birthday. 
I want to ask about Trump fatigue. Do you feel like there's did a limit see, to what you did, can do? Did you feel my deep yeah. sigh of, yes. There's a lot of energy around it, right? After the election and then in the inauguration and every, like, yeah. news sites that weren't normally covering politics. We covered technology. We didn't do a lot of politics. Uh -huh. We're all doing a lot of Trump stuff, a lot of politics stuff, a big mm -hmm. audience for it. And there's been a debate, I guess, for a while. Well, there's a lot, a lot of, to talk about. There's, there's a, lot a lot to talk of, about. There's a lot to go around. There's a question about whether the audience now is as energized by that wants as much or if they're now burnt out. I, I don't know what there what else there is to talk about, quite frankly. I just don't know what else is happening that we could be talking about. Th this is what we should be talking about. This is what we should be talking right. about. So Are whether people want to listen to it. yourself from clicking a little bit, though? I do find myself looking at the story and going, oh, I got to do it. But I'm beginning to think twice and going, I really don't want. All right, I have to. You got to do. You, you got to talk about Twitter fight with Bob Corker today and called him Whittle Bob Corker. And it, yes. it seems like the kind of thing that six months ago we would have gone nuts for. And now we sort of shrug and go, oh, that's just the president of the United States. Yes. That's what he does. That's our leader. <laughs> Correct. So do you have to sort of assess, oh, normally this would be something we cover. But now that it's tr in Trump world, that doesn't register as a story. I mean, it all registers for us. I mean, we do we do have this. It's just not it's it's not enough for us to do a story. But it's not enough for us to do a story about. But that right. kind of our social media kind of handles the smaller things as they emerge for sure. He went on a tweet storm today, and we all thought that he was trapped on his toilet and that someone should come and get him <laughs> because obviously he was left alone and Hope Hooks couldn't get to him. So maybe he was locked in or couldn't find his way out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not convinced that he's actually doing the tweeting. I think he's yelling at someone to pick up the phone. And he type. definitely yells. I mean, he said that ages ago that he would yell at these girls who would yeah. write down his his tweets. But I think he does. He does sometimes. I don't really know. I don't know him. I don't, you really? know. You've met him. What do you think? Does he do his own <laughs> tweeting? Yes, one hundred percent. He does. <laughs> he definitely did. Kafifi. Yes, uh, yes that was definitely him. So. Remember Kafifi? Last Remember spring. Kofifi, how fun that was. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin, uh, is there a we party that says uh, sort of less Moonves style, this is bad for the country, but it's great for business. It's, it's, it's fortuitous that I launched a, a satirical political show starring Sam B and we've got Donald Trump. Certainly at the early stages. I mean, I'd be disingenuous if I didn't say, hmm, this is a nice alignment of little moment in time. Now it's, I think we'll be just fine without it. I prefer that we kind of right the ship and get on with I know I think we've, we've all discovered that yeah. we actually are citizens of this country yes, <laughs> at the right. same time and we do not prefer there's going to be some fallout style of leadership how does the show sort of track with what you guys thought the show would be when you started talking I assume 2015 right if you launched it in 2016 well of course I thought the world would be different not that the world would be perfect now by any means I thought we would have plenty to talk about on the show if Hillary Clinton was our president um, uh, I thought that we would be able to have a greater breadth of stories I did not think that we would be demonically possessed with this one thing that keeps happening um, but um, but this is the this is the this is the world that we live in now. I can't remember your question. But I had no I got idea. That really, I went down I the sidetrack. No I got so I went so Late. internal on that. I just had like an inner. You just reminded me of what we could have had <laughs> and then what we lost. Take a moment. And Take then a moment. I needed. Yeah. I, I I had no idea that she would have it the way she did. Uh, you know, you you see talent. Obviously, she logged a few hours on the Daily Show. We could see the work is great. She knew her way around a piece. Had a walk the line between the issue and comedy. But now it's your show. I have been with 
unfortunately, many, many talented people who in that moment where you kind of talk about and they're not quite sure. Look, I will say early stages, Sam is a shy person. We talked about, I was like, so mm -hmm. tell me about the show. You, you were like, it's, you know, it's gonna, it's, I think it's gonna be good. And I was yeah, like, oh I boy, yeah. mildly <laughs> I'm know. mildly panicking, but I'm not kidding. The first night we went to the show, <laughs> she stepped up, literally let it rip, like peeled my face back and we were just like, Okay, I think we'll just do that. Yeah, we'll we had a lot of we had a lot of conversation because I don't I'm I'm not I mean I am really sh shy conversationally actually and I definitely there was a lot there we had a lot of conversations that were just like well you know yeah. trust me yeah she was kind of, yeah you know, but you I know think what it'll the, be good. the hard yeah. time I've at, you always want to trust talent that's the best thing first of all you have to and secondly it's a lot easier when they just sort of do it. But I've had people go like, yeah, trust me. And you get up there and you go, great, great show. And you're backstage, you're like, this is a disaster. Right, like, right, right. <laughs> wheels have come off, what are we doing? And by the way, even people who are yeah. really good at doing who what you good. do don't always, right? Stephen Colbert fumbled around for yeah. a while and sort of had to bring in help to sort of get to where he's at now. You well, work for you out of the gate. I, you know, I think that what we, when we created the show, the one thing that we always wanted to do was just kick, I mean, literally kick the door in with the show. And we never wavered from that. And I think that we still, do that that's I agree that's all that's how we started that's how we'll finish we'll just barnstorm <laughs> well, um, do you ever regret saying oh boy I, I, weekly show we, we really should have done a daily show we should have never no. that's the best decision I ever made because I want to live <laughs> I also have a life outside of television and I need to live that life in order to be able to do television so you're saying this is easy to do what you're doing Pardon? Yeah. When we first started, it was sort of like, okay, it wasn't even yeah. really defined. You want five days, hour show, half hour yeah. show, and... I can't believe yeah. you trusted me, honestly. I know, really. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe... You are just, I'm just re remembering some conversations that we Canadian had. Canadian demeanor, you just walk right into it. Like, I know, oh, I, mean, I guess. I know. Do you go um, through the, oh, that's this, this story is not going to make it to next week. We can't do uh, anything with this. I think it happens, but actually, you know, one of the good things about having a show once weekly is that you you don't get into like hot take territory all that much you actually yeah. have a chance to sit back and reflect and kind of you you just have you have a chance to kind of just analyze the material in a different way and see it through a different set of filters so you know sometimes a take will go away or sometimes the story kind of does leave but that's for the right reasons and then something else always emerges because that's our world. What's your deadline? What's your, oh, we can't get this in because we've already locked, it's Tuesday night, you're taping tomorrow, something spectacularly well, bad happened, could you get it in? Well, we tape it on Wednesdays at six o'clock, so I would say like Wednesday at three o'clock. I mean, we, it's not like you would want to renovate the entire show at that level, but you can include things, you know, to, to, to some degree to kind of a late date. I mean, there was when James Comey got fired, that was a crisis for all shows. I mean, definitely. I was actually... That was Stop the Presses. That was Stop the Presses for sure. It was a Tuesday at 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock in the afternoon or something like that. And everything, we were so excited. The show was really ready to rehearse the next day. It was like, go home early, guys. This was amazing. <laughs> Our process is really starting to work. <laughs> and then <laughs> James Comey got fired and it was like, <laughs> all hands on deck. People worked all night. It was a mess. I was doing Colbert that night, and it was the same for them. They were like, what the fuck? Like, you're rehearsing <laughs> on the stage, and everyone's like, kill! <laughs> it was a full-scale panic, for sure.
for also, sure. Also, turns we out not, terrible for the country. We do not. Uh, what? what? <laughs> we, do not, we do not wish for those things to yeah. happen, obviously. Do not wish for those things to happen. We're going to take a quick break now. Today's special live show is sponsored by Ericsson, who is driving the future of communication with 5G networks. 5G isn't just a step up from 4G. It's a game-changing advancement that's up to 100 times faster. It's ultra-reliable, which means it can connect much more than phones and tablets. With 5G, all kinds of devices will communicate with us and each other to enable incredible things. You can imagine a doctor using a robot to perform a medical procedure in another country. Or you can imagine a robot that can let that doctor feel shapes and textures with lightning speed response time. Or you can imagine an entertainment system in your self-driving car that rivals your home theater. Be careful. Imagine your phone has a battery life of days or even years. No more clunky portable chargers. The future looks great because of Ericsson and 5G. Find out how 5G will transform the world at ericsson.com slash 5G. That's ericsson with two S's dot com slash 5G. And now we're back at Joe's Pub with Sam B. and Kevin Riley. You have a television show. It's on television. It's on it a cable television. Is I can watch. I think almost all of it for free, or at least a lot of it for free on YouTube, you many can. other places. Mm-hmm. How do you think about making a television show in an era where a decreasing number of people are watching TV, and probably I would guess your core audience is not watching very much TV? They're probably gonna. Do you think about reaching them on the internet versus a conventional television? I sorry. I never think about the audience. That's Kevin's job. I don't care. No, I love, I actually love our audience. I think our audience is really committed, but I don't think about those things at all. I know how I consume television products and I need to be able to, I like to be able to just access it any which way. Sorry if that's not okay. Look, the truth is, but that's how I do it. No, by the way, I agree. I agree. I don't want you thinking about that. Yeah. Uh, you know, if we were hobbling along and she hadn't had this explosive growth and gone to actually be the number one talk show in that in that young audience, we, we'd be it would be hard to say we're just leeching this audience away on YouTube, which we are. But the truth is that audience is never coming over to Linear. They don't want to see it. So you believe that someone who's watching Sam on YouTube is not going to go, oh, I should check this out. I think on you Twitter. have a shot, you hope, but statistically you don't really see it. That audience lives in that world. And for the larger brand, because we are thinking about this as we go forward, we hopefully are gonna do this for many years. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're beginning to talk about how to broaden this business in a more digital way anyway. And so I think that audience is good for the overall platform, if you Sam, will. Sam, I saw your Sam. eye twitching when he said yes. No, 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 because uh, from, from good stuff, from actual excitement, it, it's, it's very freeing to actually, well, I mean, I'm not trying to suck up to you, Kevin, but it actually is freeing <laughs> to, not, to not be tethered to those kind of those metrics and things like that because then I can have ideas that are very unusual. I have a bunch of ideas swirling around in my head right now that I think are really interesting that almost no one would ever agree to uh, if they were thinking clearly, but they are kind of bigger ideas. They're risky and strange and I kind of, no, not at all. No, I'm not gonna share that at all. But my hope is, you know, I wanna get her out of that box of TV. Full Frontal is a show on TBS. It's fantastic. She takes it. She has not smartly said, don't, I don't want to divert my attention to anything else until this thing is really humming. Where, how many shows in are you at this point? I, I, I didn't lost track. I don't know. Neither have I. I so, know. Uh, you know, I think at this point, having taken home an Emmy for, you know, this, this past season, and I think now, you know, we're starting to 
finally she came to me and said, I'm beginning to kind of widen the scope. Let's talk about some of these other things. Mm -hmm. and that's really exciting to me. It's good to, because I, I, I think that whatever growth we have, I mean, it's very important to me to keep keep all eyes on the show to keep really a, a true focus on the point of view of the show and so when ideas emerge they emerge very organically from within our unit from within our staff and within my brain like they come they come from a place of true interest and passion they don't like it's it's impo it's almost impossible to put stuff on us I don't really work that way, and I don't really right. want to work that way. So you're always thinking about, we're going to make the television show. Any ideas about what's going to happen? We're going to make a television show, but then there are other things that don't maybe lend themselves to a television show, or maybe they lend themselves to a television show that's in a different way, that's a special or something like that. And those are exciting opportunities, I think. Those, those things get me. When, when you meet a fan... Those things cause me to masturbate in potted plants <laughs> all <laughs> over. That's the line I was hoping New to get York to. Little, Thank you. A, a little tip for your listeners, I would say if anybody, uh, you know, in, in the uh, quote-unquote digital space who thinks they would be a really qualified oh, partner and is passionate oh. to come in and Another. maybe maybe help, uh, we are beginning to look for somebody to come in and work with Sam in this area to figure out different expressions. That, there's a great gig there for someone we're starting to look for. So, so we're not talking it. about potted plants. We are not, we're not no. working. No, well, but that's can. another thing we're looking for. Production. Can, when you meet a fan, can you yeah. tell whether they're watching you on television or if they've watched the YouTube clip? Do, do they no, tell you care. that? The, no, the clips are the show. I, pa I make them pass my uh, pass my my TBS app test. Yeah. Do you where do you where are you getting your no I no I'm, I I love. I don't know. New York fans are the best anyway. They're awesome. I agree. They just um, are these so... These fans are the best. Yeah. Oh, look. Thank you for Close. the shameless pander. Um, I, when, last time we talked, I didn't get the sense that you love Twitter and Facebook, at least not as a work tool. Um, um, but it seems like you guys have done some really funny stuff there as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we do, I, do, I do like it. I don't... I don't um, I don't really personally use Twitter. That I sorry, that's not true. I I get a lot of I get a lot of my I my feed my Twitter feed is very useful. I'm on Twitter a lot just for my own personal information. Um, I don't personally tweet that much anymore because I just don't have time and everything I have in my brain I like to put it into yep. the show as opposed to spreading it all out. Um, and I never, of course, check my mentions or which is unfortunate. Because all sorts of terrible. Oh my God! Well, <laughs> you know, I don't have to explain. You know, it's a nightmare. So I don't tap into that at all. So it's that is a little bit sad because that was kind of fun watching the show. You could feel, you know, when I was on social media more personally, I could kind of feel those areas of growth where, like, the audience would really respond to something, and it was fun having kind of that direct relationship with people. But then, really, after on the after, on the night of the election. My social media feeds just took a horrible turn. It was just, I mean, it was... So Trump he, broke Twitter for you? He to completely broke it for me, and it broke me as that a person. That was hard for you, wasn't it? We didn't really talk oh about Oh, my God, that. it was an unbelievable torrent of just hatred came at me in one night, and I really felt like there was danger in the air in a way that I hadn't really experienced before. Yeah. So over time, I just stopped checking in with it at all, which is sad because I miss that kind of, like, I miss that engagement with people, but I just cannot, I cannot participate in it, or it was killing. If Jack Dorsey me. popped up on stage and said, we're fixing it for you, it's fixed tomorrow, we're taking I hate and trolls I, away. Well, I, I don't, yeah, yeah. I, I doubt it. I don't know. I don't think it really helps me to know if all that much if people hate the show or love the show. It doesn't, 
It doesn't, it doesn't help me that but much. But when you guys are in the writer's room, do you think, that's actually not a sketch, that's not a monologue, that's a Twitter joke, let's do that on Twitter. Or maybe For sure, yeah. Things, I mean, we, it's a really, um, the way that we put this show together is a really collaborative, it's a very collaborative group of people. So something, you know, stories emerge, they're better for digital. Something emerges, it's better for field. Something's better for studio. That's, that's kind of how we do things. And Kevin, you know better than to sort of say, hey, Sam, you should make some more digital content because we could monetize that content and... Uh, they're very good. They very yeah. they're like very you, cool about it actually. By the way, she's the last one you can sort of force like a business construct I know. on because yeah. I'm terrible. You're, you suck. <laughs> I really suck. Why are we even here with you? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know. No, but that doesn't make any sense to her. It doesn't resonate that way, but once she starts getting ideas and and connecting with those and getting excited about them, the mm -hmm. rest will follow. But we really are think we felt more broadly from the get-go. We make a great television show. Hopefully, that's the first part of other things to come. So I've, I've had your boss on. Which one? Your boss the new one? On. Yeah. Well, not, not that guy yet. But, the new one uh, to come. Had John Martin on, Jeff yeah. Bukas on. Turner's a big, successful property. It was a yeah. big, successful property when you came onto it. Didn't have a lot of sort of brand value. So even though you, you were making a lot of money, uh, yeah. people couldn't probably identify most of the shows that were on. There were a lot of repeats. Does the fact that you're sort of going through this overhaul give you more flexibility to say, eh, we're not so worried about whether that someone's watching it on TV versus digital. To a certain extent, yes. Like if you were a more established network, we're, we're not going to, we're not really going to turn that tide. So I like to turn into it, which is we are going to maintain these networks and we want this show, again, if this show were just sitting up here doing 100,000 viewers, it, it'd be tough. But as long as we maintain a certain modicum of success and it's something we're proud of, there's going to be other ancillary values that come out of this, and I, I want to be ahead of that. So you're going to love Full Frontal on Ice. <laughs> oh my God! It's By the way, so you do good. know me. The answer is yes. <laughs> I, and I, we're, I'm not going to forget okay. that now. Mental note: Learn yeah. to skate. Yeah. Okay. Listen, that would even be more fun. Very big. People love <laughs> love a live experience. Anything that you've wanted to do that you couldn't do either for budget reasons or for content reasons yet? Uh, no, not really. I mean, we do, you know, the travel pieces get expensive, but yeah. I've never been, you know, nobody's... No one says no. No one really says no, because the one thing that I do find myself doing is anytime I take a trip, I'm trying to always get content wherever I go to just kind of justify life. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I haven't really, I haven't been limited. I mean, when we when we started with our Not the White House Correspondence Center, TBS got behind that idea fast. I mean, you guys were on that idea super fast. The same counter-program, the, the, the Correspondence Center, yeah, yeah, yeah. which was which a was judge just to begin a with. It was amazing. It was an amazing accomplishment. I'm so proud of how we pulled that off. I thought it was great. It was such a fun, it was such a fun side project. So bratty. What a bunch of jerks. But we did this fun thing, and I thought it was great. We're going to let you guys ask questions in a minute. I wanted to ask you about one other thing. Mm -hmm. Again, the last time we talked about the fact that um, you've intentionally said we want a diverse staff and uh -huh. we don't just want to say that. We're actually going to go out and recruit and we're not just going to say that we're recruiting. We're actually doing it and it's very sort of tactical and hands-on. Well, it um, makes things better. It makes your world better. It makes the show better without 
you know, we don't. It's not like we're sitting around patting ourselves on the back all the time. It why? Just, why does it make it better? Because you, you get you, because people have different points of view, and it just makes the show a it just gives the show a richer texture. Like we're lucky to have a diverse staff. Every place should. But not lucky. You work at it. So can can you talk about sort of how you work at it? What you do to sort of because everyone says everyone will at least pay lip service to the idea that they would like diversity, but they don't seem to work as hard at it as you do. Can you talk about what you actually do? Uh, well, I mean, when it comes to putting together your writing room, you definitely read scripts blind. I mean, that's but that's an established practice across all the late night shows. And then, you know, everyone says that and they end up with a room full of Harvard guys. No, I'm curious, right? Sam, because, you know, we used to see The Daily Show. I mean, John used to make a fun joke about it. There'd be 30 white guys from Harvard behind him. I mean, what do you feel is the difference? I'm well, curious. you know, I feel like the difference is that you that our stated goal is to have a diverse writing room and that encourages people who wouldn't necessarily think that they should write a script to write that script or to try or to make an inquiry. And certainly we make inquiries of people, you know, we ask people, do you have friends? Do you know someone? We make connections that way. Um, so m making that your stated goal is very effective in getting people to, to reach out to you. Mm. you it's, it's something we think about all the time. It's, it's, it's baked into our system now. It's not... You know, when we're growing the field department, we're like, oh, can we find, let's find a woman producer. Like, we can, let's start asking around if anybody knows any great women. Let's ask around, see if anybody knows any, like, an older great producer woman. You know, someone who's not 22, like, someone who's in the second stage of their career, or something like that. Those are, you know, you have to, you have to think about it. You have to ask people. You have to do outreach in that way as well. You can't just... You can't just say, I wish we had a diverse writing room and then just let the, the regular old. You will hear well meaning people, or at least they think they're well meaning people, say, well, the pipeline's not there, or Jeff Bezos said apparently recently, because his top people, there's only one woman, uh -huh. said, well, the problem is that everyone loves working in Amazon, and so we just don't have turnover. So we'd like to change this one day, but it's, you know, the, the people who are working for me now aren't going to leave. Uh -huh. So we're not going to diversify anytime soon. Is that, that sounds like such fucking horseshit to me like yeah. I don't it doesn't make sense to me I don't work in that world so maybe I don't know I really don't know I really just don't know anything about that world that sounds like a bunch of crap to me um, you know I just know that the you, you you first of all you have to ensure that you don't have a you know, by reputation a hostile workplace is probably pretty helpful and um, and you you have to you have to be, it has to be on your mind all the time and not in a lip service way. And then you have to fucking like hire someone. Then you have to like hire people who are diverse. You also have to, you can't just accept resumes. You have to take a chance. Sometimes you have to take a chance on someone. Sometimes the perfect candidate comes and they're just amazing and they, you know, check all your boxes and that's great too. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's just. It's a self-perpetuating thing that comes from the culture. I and mean, by, if you and start like, whether you're ticking a box or, you know. And I don't want to say that we've solved the issue. I don't think that we are, I, I don't think that we've solved every problem in this field. I, I don't think that we have the most diverse place, the diverse workplace that we possibly could. I just, it's something that we think about and we act on that. It seems like it's almost a second job though. Maybe not a full-time no, job, but it's a lot of, all. it's extra work on top of doing what no, you're already doing. No, I don't mean to make it sound like it's any kind of labor. It's just your follow-up question is like, oh, maybe we need, you know, maybe we need to add something, to, to add someone to our research team. 
could we see if someone knows a great woman? Could we see if someone knows a great person of color? Like, who's out there? Who's out there? Who's already got a job who we can take from their job and bring <laughs> into our place? You know, you just have to ask the follow-up questions, and then hopefully, you know, it doesn't... It bears fruit. It just bears fruit if you're thinking about it a lot. It's not, you know, I don't sit, it's like not my mantra in the morning, but if an opportunity emerges, then great. That's a pretty I good way to leave everything. this, right? You, I good fixed job. the whole world. I have more questions, but I want to give you guys a shot to ask them. There are at least three microphones wandering oh. around. I guess we should bring the lights up so you guys can see them. What do you do if no one has questions? I'm sure. Well, sang. Kara Swisher's in the audience, so I'm sure she will yell something. <laughs> can you guys bring the lights up? There's a just find a mic and, and ask a question. Hi, thank you. Hi. Um, it was reported today on Twitter that the president for lunch had rice and two pieces of cherry pie. Is that true? Yes. I, that I know you said you don't like hot takes, but oh. I'm wondering if you could give your hottest take on the president's dietary restrictions. My hottest take? Keep eating that cherry pie. My hottest take <laughs> is scurvy. Yeah. <laughs> That's not... A good. That doesn't. You know what? That doesn't bode well for your afternoon meetings. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh Just my crashing. god. He definitely slept yeah. through the rest of the day. Not that it mattered. Anyway. <laughs> like a Taco Bell joke. Taco Bell joke. Question back here. I feel bad bringing a serious question in after that. <laughs> my and my answer to you is also scurvy. Okay. <laughs> I think it's interesting when we talk about Harvey Weinstein and what's happened also with the news coming out of the venture capital community and some of similar behaviors, but also women supporting other women or looking the other way. Wondering if you have a point of view on that aspect of this as well. Speci I mean, I guess specifically, what do you, oh, women who've worked with Harvey Weinstein and looked the other way? Or I'm not necessarily Harvey, but sort of across you when you have women who there have been a lot of women who have said things in the past and been dismissed by colleagues, by organizations, by lawyers. Mm -hmm. And I wonder sometimes if we've not done a good enough job backing each other up. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, that is such a serious question. I. No, 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 it's fine. I mean, of course, but there are, you know, there are, you know, there are other issues at play. People need to work. People are in, they don't, or they don't have agency. Not everybody has agency to be able to, like, take a stand at work and quit their job and be like, eh, take this job and shove it. My friend got harassed. Like, I do, you know, I... <laughs> I get it. I mean, I wish that there were, I, you know, I. hopefully, I mean, you hope, you always want to imagine a world in which we all have each other's backs and these things don't happen and these stories come out and then the world is different. But, you know, it takes a long time to change the culture. It takes, you know, I'm kind of just hoping, I have two daughters, I have two daughters and a son and I'm excited, you know, I'm, I'm, it's a weird thing to say, but I'm actually excited for them because I feel like we have, we are grow. I mean, I feel like we are evolving. It's slow. These stories come out and then they kind of get tucked away again. 
Roger Ailes largely went away and was kind of out of public consciousness. It does. It's hard to keep the conversation going. It's hard to keep people's outrage going. It's good in this last couple of weeks that more and more stories are coming out, and that's kind of keeping it. That's kind of keeping the ball rolling, and I think that's really helpful. I'm happy for my daughters at least that incrementally I feel like they'll have a better life and a better and you know and a better understanding of their own power than I did even when you know when I was growing up it was all like people were supposed to convince you to have sex with them you know what I mean <laughs> and I think that maybe is not true <laughs> for my ch I hope my children are never going to have sex so that's different <laughs> for them I'm pretty sure I told them they're not allowed so we should be good. Um, I hope that we get better and better. Maybe we are. Do you think we are? I'm praying that we are. We need to be better. We need to be better. We need to, you know, we need to have men come forward too and say, hey, man, I don't, I don't know, that's not funny. That's not cool what you're doing. <sighs> <laughs> should we leave it there? It's exhausting. It was, kind of, it was upbeat until the end, and then we then I we know deflated. we should have one, like one more question. Someone got an upbeat but question that was here. A great more question. Involving I don't. I'm not disparaging your question. Whatever question I'm you with want. you, sister. Oh, I love your T-shirt. First of all, you're wearing would. a nasty <laughs> yeah. T-shirt, so you came prepared. <laughs> and and this is kind of a, a question for Kevin and you. Um, I, you know. I, I love the fact that you support so many of these causes. Unfortunately, there's just so much in so the world. So many, yeah. So my question is, how does, uh, you know, I appreciate what you do with Omaze and all that, and I support it. How much does Turner then support what Sam does? How, much, how, how tied in are you with the efforts that she puts forth on her show? for financially you know, mean writing a check or just creating a structure exactly. or allowing her to do it <laughs> no but just generally you know as a corporation what influence does she have on what you do uh you know well, well I, I think we give you pretty free reign and in yeah, fact really we want to kind of create even a more of an on mm -hmm. structure in a way that's one of the things we've talked about going forward is mm -hmm. how do we create this ongoing apparatus where that outreach is just there what is what does that mean to be to be seen like is it a Turner meaning she's got a lot of pro-social she's got a lot of incoming people and you want to do more you've you've helped but there's certain things yeah. you want to focus and be able to turn it on and say okay we can plug into this for sure machine, i mean so. i also think the next chapter of my life is probably more of a sorry i mean i know not that i won't be doing tv We're forever, talking about that but it's more of a public service Something I should know. type of experience so I always feel bad for these guys because we, you know, of course you can buy full frontal t-shirts and all this stuff, but like every 10 days I'm like, hey, can we do a great t-shirt and not get any money from it? I have this great idea. <laughs> Let's have a charity t-shirt. Some, yeah, some of them for sure. But I, um, I feel like we have a plat, we have a platform and while we have it, we should use it for, we should use it for good. I mean... You always wanna you always wanna kind of get the line correct between satire and pure activism because it's a very mm. fine line, especially with our show. And we're always kind of kind of on the precipice. Um, but as long as we have this, we have to we ha have to use. It. And I think there's actually more that we can do, and really exciting ideas that are here that I'm not gonna tell you, but I am. Very hopeful. I'm very hopeful about stuff we can do. In You'll the do them before you leave, though, right? I totally. All right, will. good. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're well, you're footing the bill. I think <laughs> is yeah. the idea, right? Yeah, that's what <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping. 
Okay, good. Peter. Um, Sam, Kevin, yes. you guys are great. Peter, wait, I got a Peter. question. I'm sorry, who's yelling? Is that Kara? Yeah. Oh, hi. <laughs> sorry, wait, Kara, where are you? Yeah, I'm his boss, so. Um. I thought we were partners. Oh, there you are. I've been demoted on stage. I'm everybody's boss here. So, quick question. Uh, this is for both of you, because you say what you're going to do next. Uh, not yeah. that you're not going to do this for a while, but um, you're about to get owned by the phone company. That's right. Essentially. Yeah. Uh, you too, Sam. I know. Yeah. I yeah. heard that. Um, I don't want to ask if you're going to get better rates or anything else, but what does that mean for you guys? Like, the Comcast owns us, essentially. They invested in our company. They're minority the investors. Minority investors. Media, Box Media. We are not influenced in any way. way. So, cable companies, phone companies, Amazon the e-commerce company, Google. How do you look at what you would do and how you think about in the future these owners? Or you don't think of them at all. I mean, each of you think, talk about that, that this is now, this consolidation is going on. It's very different owners than before. The yep. Rupert Murdoch era is over in mm -hmm. many ways. Mm -hmm. Thanks be to God. Um, <laughs> but how do you look at that? How do you look at that concept of being owned by the phone company or blank company or whatever? Uh, look, I... The tools needed to compete today and where we're going in the next era here are, uh, are in place at AT&T. When I woke up and saw that was the company, I came to Time Warner, I've been there three years. I knew the day I signed it was, it was a matter of when, not if we would sell. I was excited to see that it was AT&T because of mobility and because of the data and because of the connection to consumers. Now we have, a, I think, a really unique one-time or should this merger, I guess I'm not officially allowed to even acknowledge that it could happen, but should this happen, there's a really unique opportunity to reshuffle these assets into, I think, stitch together a new, uh, what a new media company looks like with some of the traditional pieces. I, for one, am not a believer that, you know, now that, uh, you know, the Facebooks and Googles and everyone's entering the content fray, that it's a foregone conclusion that they're just gonna get it right and be amazing at it. It's really hard. Netflix made in a lot of amazing decisions along the way in a moment in time, which we also gave them a huge assist in building their business. I think there's going to be a lot of misfires and a lot of fumbling. They'll have a lot of cash to waste, and I believe they will. So I think this gives us the chance to compete. I'm genuinely excited about it, and I wish we could get on with it already. Sam, and are you I genuinely excited about working for AT&T? never think about it. And she shouldn't. And I don't, I actually am really thankful that these guys don't make me think about it. It's not, um, it's just not part of my day-to-day -day conversation at all. I don't know uh, really why we've been allowed to get away with the things that we've gotten away with. <laughs> but to answer um, your question, we've been thinking more broadly about yeah. what when Sam's talent takes us into different places where we, we want that to go. Pro-social, great, let's do it. Let's figure out what that means. How do we take her voice and extend it beyond the one day a week? When she's ready, when she has an idea, I'd like to have some of the resources to do Ring that. Ringtones. Oh, perfect. Ringtones. I'll sing them. Things are gonna look Genius. Great. You guys are let's gonna love it. it. I'm not even gonna ask for royalty on that one. That's, that's free to you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Kara, can we end this interview now? You can do whatever you want. Thank you, not Kara. Really. Thank uh, you. <laughs> Thank you guys. Sam, Thank Kevin, you. you guys are great. Hi, Peter. So Thank fun. you. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks so much. We're back here at Vox Media Podcast Network because I wanted to say thank you one more time to many people, including Erickson, which sponsored that show you just listened to, Cadence 13, which helps produce this whole thing. Who else should I thank? Beth, who's sitting here, always smiling. Eric Johnson, my other producer. Sean Cherry helped record this show. He's awesome. Thanks, Sean. Thanks to you guys for listening, as always. If you like listening to live podcasts, 
you may enjoy coming to Code Media in February. You can learn more about that at recode.net. I'll see you next week. Hey, Recode Media fans. This is Sarah Cliff with a new podcast suggestion for you. It's called The Impact, and every week we have stories about real people. I got pregnant two months after I graduated high school. It was not planned. <laughs> we look at the policies that shape those people's lives. Too often here in D.C., we stop talking about laws after they pass. But on The Impact, we will follow those policies out into the real world where all of us live. It's just fantastic. It's just great. Subscribe on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or whatever podcast app you like the most.